Hello and welcome to another episode of Purdue University's Make Your Story podcast, celebrating student stories of making and creating new and exciting projects and innovations all over campus. My name is Dr. Annette Bohenek. I work as an assistant professor and business information specialist at Purdue, and I'm your host for today's podcast episode. As a librarian, I frequently see Purdue's library and information resources aiding in the research process that prefaces so many of these projects of making and creating. But today, our story of making blends the nostalgic with the new. And I think that many people might be familiar with or have at least heard of TikTok at this point, especially after 2020's quarantine period. Now, quite a few people jumped on the TikTok app bandwagon as app users or have even gone on to become content creators themselves. But do you also happen to remember American Girl dolls? Now, as a product of the 90s, I absolutely remember them. I loved poring over the catalogs, dreaming of all of the beautiful and cool dolls, the different time periods that they represented, and I definitely devoured the six-book series that was behind each doll. When I was finally lucky enough to be able to get my very own American Girl doll at the American Girl doll store in Chicago's water tower place as a little girl, I was over the moon. And for the record, I went with Samantha, who represented the Victorian era. Purdue student and now alum Seth Workman also entered into the arena of content creation through TikTok. Harboring a passion for cooking as well as collecting some of the historic American Girl dolls, he had the innovative idea to cook his way through the American Girl doll cookbooks for TikTok users and for his own enjoyment to take them through that process and have them also enjoy being part of the journey. Yes, the dolls also had cookbooks that were published centering upon their different historical periods and the historic periods themselves served as inspirations for what sorts of recipes you'd see in the book. Through making not only food dishes, but also creating highly focused and well-edited content for TikTok, Seth soon struck up a steady following of TikTok fans, including myself. Now here to share his journey with us is Seth Workman. So I'm Seth Workman. I'm from Westfield, Indiana, which is like a little suburb north of Indianapolis. Um, I started at Purdue in 2018, and then I graduated in May of this year. Um, My degree was in hospitality and tourism management. So I was pretty involved with that all four years. Um, Also was really involved on campus with the Purdue Student Union Board for all four years. Um, When I graduated, I ended up moving out east. I'm currently in Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, I work in hospitality out here. Um, yeah, I kind of fell down the TikTok rabbit hole with everyone else early 2019, I think. Um, didn't really make start, didn't really start creating any content until like 2020. I had like a, like a few hits here and there, but nothing really took off until 20, until this year in, um, April when I started cooking my way through the American Girl Doll cookbooks. Um, I'd always been really interested in history as a kid. Um, and I always think like if I didn't go into hospitality, I probably would be a history teacher probably. Uh-huh. Um, but so I really felt kind of like 
down the American Girl rabbit hole too, like in 2020. Um, I didn't have one growing up. A lot of my like neighbors did. Um, when I was a kid, like Kit was really big. So everyone had her. But I didn't know much about them until I stumbled on them in 2020. And I kind of, I didn't know that they were all historically based. But when I found that out, I kind of like started looking into them more, um, kind of going into like the lore of the franchise. Um, and then when I found they had cookbooks. I thought it'd be really fun to just kind of dive into because um, those definitely seem to be really historically based. And there's definitely been like a big wave of nostalgia lately for the brand in general. So what in general then made you interested in cooking then, if we'll start from there? Yeah, so um, my mom has always been in the kitchen a lot when I was a kid um, up till now, but she's always been more like of a baker um never really like a lot of cooking um but I was always with her um in the kitchen for a lot of my childhood um so that was definitely like the early start early love for the culinary arts in general um and then I took some culinary arts classes in high school and then obviously at Purdue with the hospitality curriculum we do take um culinary classes um we run like a whole restaurant operation um so I was always interested in like experimenting um, and just getting more like hands-on um, experience in the kitchen. So I think that's kind of where that started to line up with. Um, and front, a little bit north of Indianapolis and Fishers, there's Connor Prairie, which is a living history museum. I loved going there as a kid. Um, and my favorite part is always like going into the houses and like if they're like cooking or baking, I always like want to stay and watch that. Uh, and then how did you specifically then become interested in the American Girl Doll books then? Since uh, it was actually through your TikToks that I learned that they even made the cookbooks since I, I grew up with like the dolls themselves and like like as a product of the 90s, I had like Samantha and her like little starter pack of books. And I read through yeah. so many of the other doll books, but I didn't, I didn't know about the cookbooks. Yeah, I don't really know how I found the cookbooks. Um, I guess I, I was probably just looking online, um, but they've been out of print since like 1994. Wow. Um, so I think anyone born after that probably didn't have them. Um, and when I like was hunting them down online, they were a little hard to find. Um, like Cosafina was the last cookbook to be published and hers is like almost non-existent. Um, mm. The Evergreen Indiana Library System only has two copies in the whole state. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I found them, but I don't know how long they were in print, but I don't think it was very long. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that, that is interesting. I guess that, that kind of covers uh, my next question too. I was wondering if you were looking for more of like the, the classic, like initial release of the dolls, like that yeah. first set of, I think like the six original ones that Pleasant yeah. Company came out with yeah. versus if even some of the contemporary ones are doing the cookbooks since yeah, that, that was all news to me. So none of the contemporaries have cookbooks at this point, we don't think? No, not there's okay. two that there's two that do, but I wouldn't say they're exactly okay. contemporary. So the Pleasant Company was a lot more rooted in history than Mattel has been with the um, yeah. franchise. So they took a lot of steps to like, guarantee historical authenticity. So Pleasant Company had their first six stalls, um, Kirsten, Felicity, Addie, Josefina, Molly, and Samantha. Those are the OG six. And then when Mattel bought them in 1999, they were like in the pipeline of releasing both Kaya and Kit. Okay. Um, Kaya doesn't have a cookbook, but Kit does. She's kind of like one of like the weird transition dolls. 
Okay. Um, so her cookbooks get a different format and I don't own that one. Because um, when I was starting to put it, I was just going to do the original six. But Julie also has a cookbook, which is the most range. Oh, which one is Julie? Is she the Julie? 50s? Like she doll? 1970s. Oh, the 70s. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, excellent. So came out a few years after kids. Okay. That, that transition period between my company and Mattel. Gotcha, gotcha. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, you, you kind of got into this a little bit, but how did you find yourself getting the books? How are you able to access them with them being out of print? So I was able to find almost all of them online. Um, there was a website, I think it's called Abe Books. It's like secondhand books. Um, and every copy that I bought came from Half Price Books. Um, I know they're based off Texas, um, but so I, they all just came from like a random Half Price bookstore, like in a Dallas suburb. Um, I think I bought like two at a time because I didn't know like how far I was going to go with this when I first started. But I paid like $2.50 for like each of the books. And then I, I, no one, no one had her subpoena's cookbook on that like secondhand book site. No one had her like on eBay or anything else. So I just got her from the library and just ended up like, like, taking pictures of the pages that I needed. That's amazing. Yeah, I did want to like plug to, uh, yeah, if, if you haven't already, just interlibrary loan in general, like my background's public libraries. So yeah. like if you can't find something, you can basically like request it as like a nationwide like search effort to get something mailed to you at your library. So yeah. maybe you might have some success there, but that helps me with like my research. I'm like really into like classic films and most of that content is like out of print. So that's where like the library systems really come in into play if I can't buy yeah. something cheap secondhand. Um, so that's awesome. So can, can you tell me a little bit then about your process with like coming up with the different like TikTok videos and what, what it's like to work through these? So I first started with, oh no, Felicity's Breakfast. I'm going in historical order of the characters. So Felicity would be first because she was before we even were a country. She was 1774. Um, so I started with her. And so I've been, each cookbook has three sections. There is breakfast, dinner, and then favorite foods. Let's go through the cookbook, like start to finish. Um, with starting with breakfast for each of the characters. Um, Breakfast, okay, Felicity's breakfast was not very hard. Um, it was super easy. Like it was, it was a good thing, like just a good start with that. Um, definitely got thrown for some loops with her dinner. Um, but I think the hardest cookbook that I've done so far is probably, it's a tie between Josefina and Kirsten. Um, they both have some recipes that are just pretty difficult to work through. Um, like Josefina has tamales. I have never done that. That it was a long effort. Um, and then Kirsten had a lot of bread in hers. And I just happen to be someone who can never get bread to work for me. I always kill the yeast, I think. So yeah, it is fun. Like with the, this angle, I think you're able to sort of learn about the time period and what was sort of in, in vogue then or typical of some of these meals and getting a sense of what ingredients they use, but also like the cultural connections. I think that's, a, that's also really fascinating to like work through and by default kind of learn, uh, learn from it all. Absolutely. Uh, so with that, then do you have any like memorable recipe successes or alternatively failures that stand out to you? Um, so my most recent failure was with Eddie's breakfast. 
Um, Addie is 1864, I believe. She's in Philadelphia. Addie is a, um, a former enslaved person and she flees the South for Philadelphia. And so her breakfast um, has like biscuits in it. And the biscuits, I tried them twice. I could not get them to rise. And the cookbooks sometimes offer in like suggestions or tips and tricks on how to get certain recipes to work. But this one had like, it's like three ingredients. It's flour, butter, and milk, essentially. Um, I, it could not work for me. I did that one two times and I never remake the recipes. Usually I just like, if it fails the first time, I'm just honest, I'm like, this was a fail. The, the cookbook's wrong. But I really want to get this right, but I couldn't do it. Um, that was like the most recent um, failure I've had. Um, and yeah. then another one, I know I had a few with Josefina, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. <laughs> so it sounds like someone forgot like baking powder on the recipe or something, some sort of a riser. But <laughs> um, and, uh, any successes though? Any Anything you'd maybe like make again or anything you were particularly proud of? Or? Yeah, um, Kirsten had this, um, they were like rusks essentially um, uh, in her, I think it was her breakfast section, possibly. I mean, a rusk is essentially just bread that you've sliced and then you toast in the oven and it gets so dry that it can just stay shelf stable for a really long time. Um, and obviously you want shelf stable foods when you're on the Minnesota prairies. So I'd make the rusks again. They had like a cardamom in them, which is a flavor I'm really into. Um, I'll probably make that again. Kirsten's cookbook was really fascinating because it had a lot of different spices in it which I hadn't really seen with a lot of the other characters. Um, we often forget, I think that Swedish cooking has a lot of spices that have been, I don't, there's a lot of reasons why they ended up in Sweden, um, but most people think Vikings or Silk Road got them up there. And it just kind of stayed in their cuisine. It was really interesting to like, do all this food um, that Kirsten would have been eating on Minnesota prairies that was pretty typically Swedish. I had a lot of people commenting on my TikTok like, oh, my grandma used to cook like this. And I was like, that's really interesting. So, well, yeah, I think like a lot of like the Scandinavian dishes have like cardamom in them in some capacity. So yeah, it's really interesting to see what, what sort of flavors they highlight. Um, yeah, and then so over time, then you really started to build up a following. I'm sure you found me along the way too. <laughs> I was among them. And uh, what, what was that like for you to see a following slowly build? And when did you really start to notice it? Was there like a turning point at, at some moment where you realized like, wow, <laughs> there are a lot of people who are into this. <laughs> When I first started posting, I had like 3,000 followers. And then after the first Felicity video, like it, things just like hit from there. Um, within days, I had 30,000. I'm um, just in that one video. Mm -hmm. um, and things have just been building since then. It's really interesting to see. Like, so on TikTok, you know, on your free page, it'll say like this person follows you. And like, I'm like, sometimes it's, it's like a verified person. I'm like, I'm like, why does Holly and Madison follow me? Like, that's just so funny to me. Um, but yeah, the following has definitely been interesting to watch, slowly build. Um, definitely like, also someone who like has like a professional career. Um, someone's all like, I'll show up to work and someone be like, I didn't know you were very on TikTok. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was on your For You page. Like, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> But yeah, it's been really interesting to watch that like build up over the last few months. 
Um, but wasn't really like a, I think the moment where I was like, oh wait, I have a following was when I was when Holly Madison was commenting on my TikToks. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> oh, so fun. Yeah, it's the, the Felicity video is the one that brought me to you. I think it was Felicity's mm-hmm. breakfast, if I remember correctly. And yeah, that, <laughs> I followed from there on out. Felicity's <laughs> breakfast also blew up as well. Um, an American girl commented on that one. Oh, wow. I've been noticed by like the motherland. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of my questions too, is have you been able to connect uh, with American Girl in any capacity or uh, maybe even like Historically Pleasant Company or Mattel at this point to have there been any connections or potential for collaboration if you're allowed to say even? Um, I would love to collaborate with American Girl. Um, but so they've commented on my TikTok on that one, Hosea's uh, Breakfast. I haven't heard anything else from them. Um, they're historically a very difficult company to contact. Um, there's actually a podcast called, um, they just rebranded to Dolls of Our Lives. They used to be called American Girls, where they just went through each American Girl book. But they had an episode where they interviewed someone who used to work for American Girl magazine. And she explained that it was really, there's no like digital way to contact American Girl because there's, I mean, their audience is children. So there's a lot of like weird um, privacy laws that come in with that. So like with, when the magazine was still in print, you could only contact them through mail. Um, I went to the American Girl store a few months ago and I was trying to contact them some way online, but it's just, it's almost impossible to. Gotcha. Uh, which uh, American Girl store did you go to? Cause there's like so many like locations um, now. I went to the one in Chicago. Oh yeah, that's my, my home base one. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, so so wonderful then. So yeah, hopefully maybe there'll be some sort of a collab down the road. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe some new cookbooks. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think they should jump on that bandwagon yeah, <laughs> again. The newest doll is Claudine and her father yeah. in the bakery, I believe, is the plot line for her. Mm-hmm. I think there's like easily potential there for a cookbook. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. And I haven't peaked with uh, some of the contemporary doll books since, um, yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I read American Girl books. But uh, I wonder if some of them include like recipes in the back or something, just like informally in their appendices. Yeah, some of the older present company books had recipes in them mm. sometimes because someone was asking about a recipe and they're like, oh, it's like, I don't know what it was. I think it was some, it was a cookie for Kirsten, I think. But I was like, that's not in her cookbook. Like, I don't know where you would have found that. Interesting. But I think it was in one of her, one of her books, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me because I, yeah, I think I've seen something like that somewhere back there. So interesting. Yeah. Um, so do you then have any like strategies that you'd recommend for someone who's looking to build a following, like say on TikTok or elsewhere? Um, my one like piece of advice is definitely find a niche. Um, whenever I post things that are not American Girl content, they don't always do as well or perform as strongly. Even if it's not cooking American Girl books, it's if I still involve that franchise in some way, the TikTok will still progress and move on um, and get like a little followed. So definitely like find a niche and stick with it. Um, I just kind of stumbled into this niche. Like I didn't think too hard about it. I was like, oh, this just sounds like a fun thing to do. Um, so it's a little bit trial and error. And definitely with TikTok, the algorithm is such a difficult thing to understand. And no one really seems to understand how it works either. 
Um, but definitely find your niche, make content that asks people to comment too, to kind of boost up the algorithm. Um, sometimes I will say like, oh, drop a comment below, if, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z. And that definitely helps move it up and get it spreading around too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I noticed like hashtags, like that kind of thing help and yeah. just, uh, yeah, like you said, I think kind of knowing your audience and since you, you built up a following, you kind of know that that piqued their interest and to kind of keep giving them what they want, but in a way that's still enjoyable and fun for you to, yeah. to do. Uh, and certainly to like routinely keep producing <laughs> those videos too. I'm sure they always want more. Um, yeah, I guess I have one last question for you. Just uh, are there any future plans or other cooking endeavors that you maybe aim to pursue or showcase if you're if you're able to preview anything? I mean, I still have more cookbooks to work through with American Girl. Um, definitely since like leaving college and getting a full-time job, um, working through the cookbooks has definitely been a lot slower of a process than I would like it to be. Um, but I still have two more sections of Addie, and then we have Samantha and Molly after that. Um, there might be a possibility for Kit or Julie in the future, um, since they both have cooking studios, is how Mattel branded them. Uh -huh. um, but once I finish the American Girl franchise, I don't know where I'm going to go next. I have been looking at other cookbooks. Um, there's a Dolly Parton cookbook, which I think could be really fun. Nice. There's a little women cookbook, which I would love to go and do that one. Very fun. I'm not really sure where I'll go after this. Excellent. Yeah, so fun. I, yeah, th those cookbooks in general, too, are so fun. There's so many that are tied to all, like, different kinds of areas of interest, whether historical or, like, pop culture, like, TV movie-oriented. So yeah. I'm sure World's Your, your Oyster, and people are, are curious to see the final products with some of these, too, especially those that, like, aren't illustrated. I think that's a lot of fun with your, your videos, too, is just seeing what we get in the end. So very fun. The American Girl cookbooks are illustrated, um, but I don't... And they definitely took some artistic liberties there. Um, <laughs> like a lot of my products don't always look like theirs. Seth, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your maker story. To continue following Seth and his exciting journey, you can find Seth on TikTok as Aaron Clell, A-R-E-N-C-L-E-L-L-E. -E -L -L -E. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make Your Story podcast. We certainly hope that you will continue to tune in to future episodes and continue exploring more information about the Make Your Story podcast. In order to access our website, please visit lib.purdue.edu slash makerpodcast. See you next time.